Welcome to the Holistic You podcast. I'm your host, James Weiler. The purpose of this podcast is to teach you the things you didn't get taught at school, to teach you the things your parents didn't teach you about what it is to live a happy, healthy, and balanced life. Each week, we'll bring you expert guests to help you break down into bite-sized digestible pieces important life lessons you need to know. This will inspire you with confidence for your own personal journey. Welcome back to another episode, guys. Today, again, we have Nicole Colantoni, host of Single at 30, the manual for the modern woman. And today, we're going to just have a fun episode. So I'm going to ask Nicole all sorts of questions about dating. And Nicole's got uh, lots of stories from her own experiences as well as other people's experiences. So we'll get straight into it. So Nicole, one of the questions, and I did ask some of my listeners to put through some questions. So I apologize in advance for any questions that we may find challenging. So if you're dating a lot and you're kissing lots of frogs, and you want to, obviously, in trying to find your prince, the question is, what's the right way to let a frog down? Or what's the right way to basically say, I'm not that into him or her? I really feel like there's no formula when it comes to this, but it definitely depends on the frog. <laughs> like, some frogs don't deserve courtesy, but I'd say, as a minimum, a text is usually warranted. Yeah, so a text is saying... Being honest and saying, yep. Okay. Yeah. Do you have some it's advice for the listeners on what you would say in that text? How would craft that text? Yeah, I would just be like, hi, it's been so nice to meet you slash hang out with you. If they took you out, just say thanks for the date. I've just been thinking, though, and I don't feel like there's a vibe. Wish you all the best in the future. Simple. Yeah, yeah nice and clear. That makes a lot of sense. But like okay. I said, depending on the frog, sometimes they deserve feedback. Like if they didn't treat you properly, I would just be like, FYI, for future reference, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Like sometimes they need feedback. I've definitely given a lot of feedback in my time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. I, that sounds surprising. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you, for example, you might say, if I was in an Uber service as part of our date, I would probably give you a one out of five. Uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's okay. generous for me. One out of five is generous. Most guys oh, is it? Past the first date. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Okay. No wonder you're single for so long. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the next question is, a lot of people at the moment are purely online dating, which is sad in itself, but hey, it's a reality. It is yeah. what it is. So what is your opinion about a good first date? Like, what would you do? What do you think you should do on a first date? So say if you match with someone on Hinge and you, you want to meet them, what's the right first date? So duration, location, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, this is a good question. Okay. So <laughs> I hate dinner dates as a first date because I feel like it's awkward and mm. like an interview. So I feel like something I learned from being in lockdown, I feel like a lot of app users also discovered is that walking dates are incredible because you're doing something active and you're not sitting across from each other where you have to like be in this weird stare down. So I feel like an activity based date is great or to avoid the dinner date. I think meeting for a drink or a coffee is always a great idea. Yeah. Now the next one is 
when people go on a first date, they're often quite nervous and they're also maybe uncomfortable as well. So can you give the listeners some advice on how you would be yourself on a first date and or how you would get in the mindset of trying to act as natural and authentic as possible? Yeah, this is easier for some people and I appreciate that, but I feel like just the important thing is to just know that like anyone in life, the right person will appreciate you for exactly who you are. And if they don't, then they're not the right person for you. And I think we put too much focus on what they're thinking of us rather than wondering, are they right for us? So it's about taking that power back. So I feel like it's important to just remember dating is very much a two-way street and to focus less on impressing them and more on figuring out if they're impressing you. Yeah, I love that. So like you were saying before, that that quality of being unapologetic. Yeah. And who pays for the first date? I think this one's pretty easy, but... Okay, what's your answer? I'm curious. I think that men should pay, but that's that's probably just the way that I was brought up. Yeah, I mean, I love yeah. that. But but do you think that that's like an antiquated way of thinking and approaching dating now? Like if you're both working, why should the burden be on the man to pay? Not that it should yeah. be looked at as yeah, a burden, yeah. but... No, no, that's okay. I, I, mean, I just... Dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I just... um. I probably for myself just feel more comfortable that I'm I'm responsible for that process um, and probably as well because I like to lead the process on a date which is again that's you could say that's a bit antiquated um, but I yeah it's probably yeah that's it's probably the same answer that I gave the first time yeah what do you think no I- I definitely agree with that. And I, I'm a huge advocate for chivalry, right? So I feel like there is a bit of a song and dance when it comes to dating. Um, but I think if I'm going to be modern about it, <laughs> I think the person who should pay is the person who first asked them out, essentially. So if, if I ask you out, then I think that I should pay. Or if you ask me out, then you should pay. Yeah. Okay. Next question then on that topic. So have you, have you asked a guy out before? No. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh my God, I haven't. Um, But I know that a lot of women do. Um, But I mean, when I started dating my now boyfriend, like we just take turns. So that's just how we kind of approach it. Yeah. Whereas he, I definitely he asked you out first, so right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first couple of dates he paid, but then once we started dating, we just took terms. But I mean, the yeah. first time I went to his house, we were in lockdown. I got the wine and he got the dinner. So kind of like that. Yeah. That sort of balance, I guess. Yeah, I think from a, a gents' perspective as well, if you if you start dating someone, I think personally the the gent would pay, you know, for the first two or three times. But then after that, if the gent continues to pay, I think you would – I personally would say, oh, I think you're taking the piss a bit. And I would I would say, oh, if, if, you, if I'm going to be with someone that expects me to pay all the time, I just don't really think that that's fair. So I would um, – I'd probably try and, try and address that in a very diplomatic way. Um, that, that would be a hard conversation to have, I think, but it would be an important conversation to have to set, set those boundaries up front. I think it is always important to offer to pay. Yeah. 
regardless of whether the person you're on a date with allows that or not, it's always important to offer. But it's an interesting point that you raise because I've got a lot of male friends who are dating women or are in relationships with women who never offer. And they're like, it's been six months. It's been a year. Like, you know, Mm. what they're working. Why should I provide everything in this relationship? But it's a difficult conversation for them to have for sure. But respectfully as well, they they should have had that conversation when it first became an issue because how are you going to – it's just going to sort of manifest and eat away at them over time. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. You you have to be very clear about that early on. And just on that as well, as a guy, if you do pay – it definitely, you definitely appreciate it if you get a text or even just let them saying thank you so much for dinner. And if you don't get that, that you kind of, that's almost not a red flag, but it's, it's just something to kind of store in the back, store in the back um, for future. I, yeah. I think whether you're on a first date or you've been together 30 years, you should never forget your manners. Yeah. Never. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Um, so this is quite a good segue. Do's and don'ts and common mistakes on a first date. Okay. This is an interesting question. I think do's, um, you should go in with like a beginner mindset. A first date is basically like a discovery session. So you should just be aiming to have as much fun as possible. Um, Don'ts. There's a lot of these for me. I think talking about the price of anything on the menu is a big no-no for me. Um, Going in with like a CV mindset where you interrogate the other person (laughs) because I see that all the time or coming off as like needy by pitching your five-year plan. Um, Like I have literally been on first dates with guys where they're like, I want a kid this year or I want two kids within like two years. And I'm like, well, I'm not a baby factory and I just met you. My name's Nicole. <laughs> like, what is going on here? Um, or getting, like, emotional about past dates or relationship traumas. I feel like you should never, ever bring your baggage into a first date. Yeah, wow. You hit some good ones there. So it being on some first dates, I've certainly um, come across those things you just mentioned and have found them, yeah, quite frankly, a turnoff. <laughs> Do you know what's so funny just to give you like a bit of a crazy story, but I feel like I was like a teenager or something and I was like home on a Saturday night with one of my best girlfriends, actually the girlfriend whose house I'm currently in in LA and we were on escorting websites um, and we were looking at, (laughs) um, okay, yeah, so female escorting websites, we had a look at that and then we looked at male escorting websites and on the homepage, I distinctly remember the like sort of T's and C's text saying men are not a shoulder to cry on. <laughs> Please do not offload your emotional baggage onto them. And I was like, that's so funny. So like obviously men hire female escorts just because, you know, they want to get laid. But obviously a lot of women hire male escorts because they want to just like share their, you know, <laughs> emotions with them. And I feel like that is, you know, something that a lot of women sort of do on first dates that is a big no-no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I'll, I'll just add a few in there that I've experienced myself. Like, I've I've been on first dates with 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 women that will um will actually bitch about their friends and all their family, and I'm just oh, like, no. I'm just like, oh really? That's unattractive. Yeah. yeah, 
yeah, yeah that's yeah, unattractive. Yeah. But I feel like um, I've been on a lot of first dates where guys will bitch about their exes, and I'm like, that's super unattractive. So, a, she's yeah. not here to spend herself. B, it takes two to tango in any relationship. No one person is yeah. ever at goal, and it just like doesn't really speak highly of them to be able to talk about anyone within that yeah. context. So yeah, that's right. Ready. Especially, it's the sort of, sort of question I always think is, well, you were you were with them for a period of time, so were they good at all? They Can must have had some redeeming Objectively, quality. yeah, 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 a hundred percent. I feel like another red flag is like I hate going on dates with people where they treat the waiter poorly. Like if I yeah. see them like mistreat a waiter or speak down to them, I make red flag. So true, because that just tests how genuine you are. People, mm-hmm. anyone of any status, how you treat them is literally a reflection of how genuine you are. So 100% their values. Yeah. Yep. yep. Exactly. Next question. We got some good stuff here. On a first date, we're you know, say we're going for a walk, we're having a coffee. Let's say we're doing something where the the atmosphere is not as exciting as um, say going for a drink at a rooftop bar. How do you build attraction in, in sort of situations like that? And, and just generally, how do you do you have some tips for how people can build attraction on dates? That's such an interesting question. I feel like when I think about my most recent relationship, it's taught me to appreciate the slow burn. <laughs> like initially, if I would go on a date with somebody and I was like, I'm not physically attracted to them, I would immediately dismiss them. But what I've learned now is that lust dissipates, but having the same values combined with like a strong friendship and foundation lasts forever, right? So I feel like the first date should be all about like building that foundation or identifying whether you could build a foundation together, right? Like of like mutual respect and admiration for someone. So I would say not being too dismissive on a first date (laughs) and just trying to get to know what the who the person is, what sort of values they have, whether you have similar interests and passions, but also to sort of, you know, create that chemistry if it's not immediately there with like eye contact, maybe like a touch of the arm, you know, don't be robotic about the date, that sort of thing. I like that. And Nicole, I'm just going to start to give you a few questions about your dating life because I know you've got some – Let's say you're well well seasoned and decorated in that area. <laughs> what's what's your best dating story? I don't have many because, like I said, most guys don't get past the first date with me. <laughs> um, but my, I'd have to say my best dating story is probably a bit unorthodox because it was a Tinder date with my now best guy friend. Okay. Um, so basically, I saw him on Tinder. I could tell that he was super intelligent. And when I matched, I basically said to him, listen, the odds of me being attracted to you are pretty slim, but I can tell that you're intelligent and I think that we're going to have a lot in common. Fortunately for me, he was super receptive to that and said that he was on the lookout for more female friends. We met at this bar that I now know was a bar he took all of his dates to, like literally thousands of women. You've done, a, we just, you've done an episode with this, Jen, haven't you? How do you yeah, know? Because yeah. I listened to your podcast. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't talk about that. We didn't you talk did. about that. I think you did. I thought you did. But okay. No. Hey, well, you no. did talk about the bars, though, that you went yes. to. Yeah. He went to the bars. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow, good yeah, memory. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. 
And we just hit it off and we've been best friends ever since. He's been on my podcast, as you know. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He's basically been my best return on investment when it comes to dating apps. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But also, like you said, it was a process. You were like, well, I guess you did have expectations maybe of just being friends, which followed through on. But, um, yeah. I like that, um, and yeah. I think you can build, you can make friends from apps if you're not vibing attraction-wise. Why not be their friend? Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like Bumble caught on to that. They have like the whole Bumble friends thing. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's right. Okay, funniest dating story. Oh my god, there's so many, but I would have to say the funniest ones that stand out to me are the ones where I've been catfished. <laughs> have you got a specific oh. example? You're willing to share yeah I feel like this is going to reveal how shallow I am but basically I've been catfished twice both (laughs) profiles were of male supermodels I just didn't know at the time and one was a dead giveaway because when I spoke to him over the phone before our date he had a really thick strong Indian accent but his photos he wasn't Indian in his photos so I actually uploaded his profile picture to Google and then Google came up with, like, thousands of photos of him. I realized that he was, like, a Brazilian supermodel. And I was like, oh, okay, great. Um, so you're not the person I thought you were. And then similar story with the other one. He just was way too persistent, started getting a little bit freaky. So I uploaded his photo again and found out that he was an American supermodel. <laughs> so I was like, uh-huh. okay, great. They, you know, could have killed me, dodged a bullet. So, yeah, yeah. they'd have to be my funniest dating stories. That's proper catfished. Oh, yeah, proper, yeah. Okay, and worst breakup story? Oh, yeah. Wow, okay, so this one would have to be with a guy that I was introduced to through a friend and her partner a couple of Christmases ago. Uh, We met in Sydney, Australia. He is Australian, but he was visiting from L.A., um we basically had a holiday romance which turned into like a long distance romance he knew that I was moving to America this is right before COVID hit and he basically love bombed me you know promised that he'd help me get a visa said that I could stay at his place in New York all of the things he was coming back to Sydney this was in March of 2020 uh, for his birthday and his grandma's birthday, which just so happened to be a couple of days apart from my birthday. So we were going to celebrate together. And the week before he returned home, I received a message at 10.30 Sydney time, which at the time was 3.30 a.m. LA time, saying, my girlfriend in LA is pregnant. She's been pregnant since January. Please don't contact me anymore. Please respect my wishes. And it was his girlfriend who wrote the text. So he had a girlfriend the whole time <laughs> and I didn't know. And yeah, he now has a baby with her. <laughs> oh, wow. and just to add um, to that, I then we then went into lockdown a week later. So I was basically heartbroken and sent to my living room for eight weeks and my whole plan to move to New York was flushed down the toilet. <laughs> so that was definitely my worst breakup. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah. But tested your resilience, Nicole? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Led me to my boyfriend now, so it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. And we'll end, let's end on a high. So obviously you've, you've um, met someone that you're, as you said, you're forever um, person. So once you've met that person, can you tell the listeners 
what they should do and how they should treat their partner and what they should sort of foster in terms of the ongoing relationship with that person to have a successful long-term relationship? Yeah. I love this question because I feel like people think that once you're in love, it's just like happily ever after from there. But I feel like that's really only the beginning of the journey. (laughs) That's when the work begins. So once you're in a committed and loving relationship, I feel like you have to then figure out how to continue growing as an individual while being a couple, right? So I feel like this is why I think so many people, like so many relationships don't work out because it's like really hard to grow with people, like I said before. Um, So I think you know, if you're interested in sustaining the relationship, then you have to keep investing in both yourself and the person you're with. And I feel like it's as simple as that. Your relationship with the other person basically will only ever be as good as the one you have with yourself. So it's important to not lose like your individuality in the relationship and to also keep investing in the person that you're with. Yeah. Oh, that's um, great advice, Nicole. I certainly would resonate with that. All right. And Nicole, do you mind just uh, revisiting your services for everyone, for all the listeners and also where people can find you? Yeah. Well, you can find me through my single at 30 Instagram. So it's single underscore at underscore 30. And my podcast is available on all platforms. But I also have my coaching website, which is NicoleColantoni.com. And I coach singles and also couples. So you can find me there. Perfect. Thanks again for coming on the show, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Holistic You podcast, where we inspire you with the confidence to live a happy, healthy, and more balanced life. If you found today's content meaningful, please tag me in your stories or posts or follow me on Instagram. Like and subscribe and leave a five-star written review.